A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush. This is Chuck Bryant, and this is episode one. Uh, very excited to welcome everyone. If you're coming over from Stuff You Should Know, then thanks for your support. If you are just a movie fan in general and happened upon this, then uh, welcome as well into our studio here at Pont City Market in Atlanta, Georgia. So, guys, I am so excited about this show I'm so excited about episode one because Janet Varney, I got to say, is probably the best episode one guest in all of podcast history. Uh, she's a, she's a pal of mine. I met Janet. Um, I met Janet a few years ago at her comedy festival that she co-created many years ago, uh, Sketchfest in San Francisco every January. And for, for my money, it's the best comedy festival in the land. And uh, she's been kind enough to ask Josh and I to perform there for the past few years, and it's become a little tradition for us. And Janet is just awesome. She is a very, very talented actress. She's a gifted improv comedian, and she's smart and funny and just as kind of a soul as you would ever hope to meet. So she was here shooting in Atlanta, so I had her in the studio, which is great. Uh, She was uh, shooting season two of her awesome, awesome show on IFC, Stand Against Evil, which actually just premiered yesterday on IFC. Season two just premiered. So check that out. It's, uh, it's a really great show. It's the, it's Dana Gould's, uh, comic take on the zombie show, which, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, binge season one and then check out season two on IFC right now. Uh, so anyway, Janet was here shooting that. And the last thing that people want to do when they're shooting a TV show and, the hot, hot summer of Atlanta, uh, working a lot of nights just to come in and record a silly old podcast. But Janet is a pal and very loyal 
uh, person and friend. And so she was, she was great. She came in here. We killed it. Uh, we talked about the movie Tron, the original, obviously from 1982, the, the Disney picture with Jeff Bridges and Bruce Boxleitner, Cindy Morgan, David Warner, written and directed by Steven Lisberger, way ahead of its time. We both agreed. And, um, this is episode one. And, and you'll notice here, this was such an early episode that as we get started here, uh, in our conversation, I didn't even have a title for Movie Crush yet. But since then, I did get a title from my good, good friend in real life, Scott Ippolito. Scott's uh, one of my best friends. And I threw it out to him and said, hey, what should I call this thing? And I gave him the uh, the idea and he went, eh, how about Movie Crush? And it was just that simple. So uh, we, we talk a little bit about that at first, which was kind of fun. So here we go with Janet Varney and Tron. This show is so new, I don't have a title for it. This is very exciting. Should we just spend the whole time trying to figure out what the title is? Well, it's funny. I I was going to call it like something dumb and on the nose, like my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, oh, I don't want people to think it's my favorite movie. Uh I thought, what (laughs) about what's your favorite movie, notable person? And that's a bad title. So, But all those variations of all those things were taken. And that's the thing about podcasting is someone can do a show for a month eight years ago and you, it's sort of taken. Yeah. Like if you go to start something up, they could always say, hey, I had that first or whatever. Yeah. When I started my podcast, uh, which is now and has always been the JV Club to the public. Which is one of the greatest uh, names ever, by the way. That worked out. That worked out for me. Yeah. I'm glad about that. But I was originally, and maybe that's for the best, because this other po- – I was going to call it I Was a Teenage Podcast uh, cute, with though. this sort of, you know, like 60s era monster movie kind That's of fun. theme to it. Yeah. But someone had a, had had a podcast where they did a handful oh. of episodes a couple of years back. Called that? Called I Was a Teenage Podcast. Uh. So I had to throw that away. Those people are the worst. The ones that start something and don't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh, give me $500 oh, like, and you can have oh, it. Oh, like all of us. <laughs> oh, like all of us at one point. Uh, all right. Listen, here's some I'm, – I do improv. I surely can come up with some. My, my first instinct was to suggest Chuck's Flicks instead of Chick's Flicks, like Chick Flicks. And then I thought it could be called Chuck's Flux. <laughs> That's – that's and great. then no one will listen That's, to you know it, or will That's they know? The name. No, they won't know what it Chuck's is. Chuck's Flux. <laughs> I think it just sings. Uh, my friend, I did ask my friend who's great at titling things, <gasps> and he said, "What about the confession stand?" Oh, instead of the concession yeah, stand, yeah. But, but then, then that sounds like you really are getting into it. Well, but it also Going sounds deep. like it would be just about guilty pleasures. Exactly. Like yes, you yes. have to confess that. Yes. And no one would confess like, oh, I've got to say like The Godfather's my favorite right. movie. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, something to say with pride. So I'm the kind of at ground. Stand. I'm mm-hmm. at zero mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. I have no idea. Okay. And then I thought about something like uh, like um, psycho, Psycho's Godfather's and Streetcar's Named Desire. Like something big and grand. Right. That just sounds like the title of a book well, that then it, has it, a colon after it. That's well, no, like, it was a. There was oh. that book about movies called. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I stole it. There was a book about seventies filmmaking called Easy Riders and Raging Bulls, oh, which I was like, oh, okay. I can just rip that off. Yeah, but I guess I can't because that's the first thing he said, and you don't even know the book. <laughs> it's a coffee table book without me knowing it's a coffee table book. We'll title it later. Okay. But what is your – Thanks for um, bringing that up because now that's just going to eat away at everything I would have said. I'm well, just no. going to only be thinking about – But now you're just going to text me in the, the middle of the night. Be. I've got For it. sure. 
I'll come up with a – and then I'll put it on a T-shirt for you like you did with Ben Acker and his be great. dream joke. Which we can't spoil. Uh, did you – were you like – did you go to movies a lot when you were a kid? Because I know a little yeah. bit about your life because of your own show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Arizona. Yeah. Movies like, are a New very <laughs> – Oh, yes. Um, that's right. Uh, I guess I can finally talk – No. Oh, uh, but did you go to the movies a ton? Like I did. That's definitely one of the things that you can do in a smallish city in Arizona when the summer is just brutal and right. there's nothing to be done outside, really. Like literally things awful. melt in Arizona. Yeah, exactly. I have so many memories of like just the fold out car. Like no one uses those anymore, I guess, because windows are better or maybe they still do in yeah. Arizona. Sure. Maybe you still have the, the sunshades shade. that sort of open. But yeah, we, we just had here. those folding. We just had folding cardboard. Mm-hmm. Some of them, the four fancy and made the card look like they were in sunglasses. Sure, <laughs> sure. But um, that was vitally important, yeah. as was trying to find any place in the shade, because so many times I would get seatbelt burns. Well, you guys would have severe um, seatbelt burns. You know, I lived in Yuma for a year. Oh, that's one of the hottest places on the planet. Carpeted dashboards. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. Two, there's, I mean, those are the moments where you really do think, and you really think how, how I can barely survive here and we have all the technology. Yeah. And the idea that the only reason we're here is because people have been dealing with this heat for a couple hundred years that, that it's even survivable beyond, you know, pre having uh, car shades. I imagine every time I drove to L.A. through that desert and then I would eventually get get crossover into the L.A. basin and that cool breeze hits. Yeah. I used to think about like the settlers. Yeah. What they must have thought, those who pressed on. Yeah. Like, well, this is clearly where I'm going to oh live. God, if you stop in Yuma and go, like, I think this is the best we're going to get, guys. <laughs> we're not going any yeah. further west. There's we keep being told just a few miles. miles. <laughs> Screw not it. Not us. Right here. Yeah. Uh, so the movie theater obviously is a respite. Yeah, very much so. So you would go see whatever? I feel like I would. I mean, I like, think... Like, were, were you dropped off by the parents, that kind of deal? Yeah, I would get dropped off by my parents for sure. Um, there, You know, then I would take the bus. Uh, I no. saw a lot of movies by really? myself. Oh, for sure. That's The adorable. public bus to the movies? <laughs> yeah, you bet. Um, there, my, my dad's house is right in between two malls that have movie theaters. So that was, there was a really easy couple of straight line go-tos on the bus. Right. To see movies. And, um, and I have very, I do have very specific memories of seeing certain movies and, and I can sort of put them in context. And then there are other movies, movies I couldn't tell you. Hmm? Bus movies? Not bus. Well, no, I don't think that. Like, for example, when I, I did, um, Craig Kukowski has a podcast where it is just us it's talking just about like his, his movie. <laughs> he likes to talk about the, his old list of his favorite movies right. and, um, his wife Carla's on it. And I, uh, because they go in order, I happened to get Dead Poets Society. Oh. And that was a movie that I could remember. Yeah. I could remember everything about like going into Elkhorn Mall uh-huh. and seeing it and then feeling like my life had changed. Oh, yeah. And I cried so hard that yeah. I had to wait until they were, they, <laughs> they kicked me out as they were sweeping their popcorn up. Yeah. Um, that was a heavy movie for yeah. people that like, you're a few years younger than me, but I, well, quite a few actually. Um, but just to be a teen or and or a young teen and seeing that movie, that's like heavy stuff. Oh yeah. To process. Absolutely. You know? 
Yeah, I, although I yes, a hundred percent. And then I feel like shortly after that, I got into like even darker stuff because you have to go through that phase in high school where well, you, you sort of love a copper orange while, right? and yeah, and like eraser head and oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So I'm and I'm having a lot of flashbacks to that era because of Twin Peaks coming back. And have you been watching that? I have. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I'm struggling with some of it. I'm yeah. I'm struggling deeply with some of it. Our producer Noel is uh, very into it. You're into it. The hook, line, and sinker, including this last episode. Oh no! He hasn't seen it yet. Well, I've been watching, and my whole deal is the Twin Peaksy stuff. I love, and that's no, but what there's I like expected. Five percent of it, and the other stuff like is total Lynch, which is great yes. and yeah. weird and awesome. Yeah. But I kind of wanted Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, Listen, I'll take Dougie all day long. I don't Dougie. ever want I don't ever want Kyle MacLachlan to be anyone but Dougie. Yeah. I love him so much you as Dougie. Do road movies. I will watch. Like, yeah, I uh-huh. will watch the seven minute take of him eating potato chips. Yeah, but I don't know if I can watch the seven minute take of X Y Z. All of these other things right. that he's throwing in that are just they're so yeah. long. Um, I just I mean, love Lynch so much it. though, and like I just want him to be doing this stuff. Yeah. Like, even yeah. if it doesn't resonate fully with me, just sometimes keep, I feel keep like, doing it. I agree. I'm just, I can't, sometimes I feel like he's pranking us a little bit. I do Sometimes too. I feel like he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they gave me final cut. Uh-huh. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. I'm just going to show this for five minutes because I can. Yeah, because I don't think it fully makes sense in his head in a narrative yeah. way. No. There are things that don't advance the story yeah. in any way, shape, or form that it's I David can Lynch. tell. And That's the David dude Lynch. is like, how old is he? And he's still that weird. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Talk Reardon about interviewed like, him for Wired Magazine. And oh, really? He, they, like I mean, sat down with him? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And they got on really well because Brandon asked really interesting questions instead uh-huh. of like the questions that he was supposed to ask probably. Right. Uh, so he got all this like fun backstory about David Lynch and the bird that lived in his on his roof and all this kind of yeah. this and that. The kind of stuff that you want to hear. That you want to go, oh, God, of course that's how his brain works. Um, but yeah, so lots of going to the movies when I was younger. Uh, lots of – my dad is a huge movie fan. Um, and he introduced me to a lot of movies that I certainly wouldn't have seen as young as I was had right. he not been like, I think you're ready for this, you know. What was your first um, R-rated movie? Do you remember that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, I know that my mom took me to see RoboCop. Was that R? That, yeah, that was it's probably R. It's got to be R. There's no way that's not a hard R. Yeah, There's yeah. some crazy violent stuff that happened. I guess a lot I forget how violent the movies were back then. Yeah. So I don't know. And then I don't, and then she took me to Die Hard also. My Mormon mom, who did not have oh, a yeah. television at home, for some reason wanted to take me to both of those movies. That's great. Yeah. Um. So those were probably – I mean those have got to be the first R movies that I went to. I don't know yeah. if I had seen something at home before then, but – Definitely those yeah, stick out. Mine was um, my dad took me to a war movie, The Big Red One, hmm. uh, which was good and fine. Good World War II movie. And then the first one I ever saw, I think at all, was Escape from New York. Oh, sure. And I was over at some friend's house after church, uh-huh. and they were putting it on, and I called my mom to ask if it was okay. <laughs> Adorable. What'd she say? Uh, yeah. She said because I had called. If she had said no, you think you would have been like, guys, I got to go. Ooh, now that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I certainly here at the confession and was and am a rule follower. Mm-hmm. So I, prob- I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, I like to not walk through those doors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to be haunted. I saw the movie. She said yes. That's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> she knew she had a good kid. What a relief. Uh, but my dad, this is kind of really. I don't can't believe I'm going to say this to people out loud. 
Uh, my dad took my sister to see Body Heat in the oh, theater. Oh, wow. Uh, which How I don't know. Awkward. I can't imagine. My dad did not go to movies ever. Yeah. So I've got to think that he d- had no idea what he was going to but see. it was called Body Heat. It's not like the postman always rings twice where you're like, oh, that could be anything. It's probably <laughs> about mail. It's about the yeah, U.S. mail system. Exactly. Body Heat? Yeah. What did you think? It well, was like uh, was... thermal tracking, uh, <laughs> some soldiers tracking. That's yeah. Predator, guys. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to have – well, I would say I was asking him about heat. that one day, but I'm, not, I'm never going to ask him that. <laughs> Maybe I'll ask my sister. I'll ask him. You want me to ask him? Why didn't he – yeah. Why didn't he get up and leave the movie? Yeah. I actually got up and left during Greece too during the um, scene where the girls were having the sleepover in their underwear. Uh, my mom took me to see Greece, and I was so like embarrassed. I said, Mom, can we leave? I'm trying to even <laughs> remember their underwear. I feel – wasn't it just pajamas? It was – I was Southern Baptist, <laughs> Janet. I was really. Mom, I saw an ankle. Yeah, I saw an ankle. There was a lot of repression going on. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know what was going on. That, <laughs> we'll get my therapist Meanwhile, my in dad here. let me watch Animal House, and I was like, boobs. Oh, wow. Boobs. So your dad was cool. Yeah. He, well, that's what's weird is he really didn't want me to see violent stuff. Yeah. Um, Cause he knew how sensitive I was, but he was like, ah, sex is fine. It's silly. It's in, you know, that's it's in normal. comedies. It's fine. Um, uh, and then my mom, who, again, Mormon didn't have a television. Yeah. Somehow wanted to take me to see those two movies. I just don't. Yeah. To this day, I don't understand. So you got the violence from your mom. I guess so. Sex from your dad. Yeah, it's great. So as it should be. Yeah, the American way. <laughs> Everything was covered. A new season of Bridgerton is here, and with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season. We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. So do you remember... We're we're talking about Tron specifically, yeah. As your pick for all time favorite movie. Listen, first of all, I'm really bad at ranking anything. Everyone anything is. like yeah. I mean that's that's the whole well, point of the show. But some people really like kind of going like I mean again using Craig as an example. Yeah, he loves. That he has this order that can kind of shifts and he plays with it and he kind of he knows it at any given time. Yeah, but it shifts up. though. Uh, yeah, that's true. Isn't that the point? Yeah, like no one can. Yeah. Anyone's all-time favorite movie on any given day is probably going to be different. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. But I do feel like there are people who take pride in kind of like, this oh, sure. helps define me. This is my all-time favorite movie. And it, for many and people, it, it is The Godfather. I yeah. wonder how many Godfather – how many times are you going to have to talk about The Godfather? And are you going to tell people, can you pick a not <laughs> – if that's your favorite movie of all time, we've talked about it three times already. Can you pick a different one? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to repeat movies, I don't okay. think, unless it's – unless there could be some like a fresh take. Right. You know? <laughs> But it's funny that everyone I've asked so far has immediately been stressed out about the notion of picking one and yeah. then going public with that. Yeah. Because I think everyone does think it says something about them. Yeah. Well, that's – I think could I – if I really sat down and tried to pick something – I mean someone asked me – I think actually when I did a brief interview at uh, the LA Podcast Festival where yeah. we – I'm pointing to you because we saw each other there and you did my podcast um, – uh, I think I blurted out Harold and Maude because for a long time oh, that yeah. was I would have I would have that would have been the situation sure. like from my teens into my twenty in my early twenties yeah. I was proud to say that was yeah. my favorite movie. That's cool because um, yeah, Ashby it's super and cool it's, yeah. and and I still love it a lot. Oh yeah, but um, but I think. So I could have, and I said that when I was interviewed. Then I was like, uh-huh. oh, "Okay, I'll put Harold and Maude at the top of the list, I guess." But, but Tron, um, screw it. Yeah. yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm. I'm going to go with Tron because it's been uh, important to me far longer. Yeah, and I. I love it. Well, I there are a bunch of nerd it. nerd dudes all over the world listening to this yeah. that are super excited that that's your favorite movie. <laughs> well, I probably will. You're probably also safe in that. I don't think anyone else will. It's not going to be like, oh, oh yeah, Tron yeah. again. <laughs> All right. Why is it everybody's number one? Higher yeah. Glass loves Tron. Yeah. Um, I have a confession to make about Tron. Have you never seen it? I've seen Tron. You I hate it. I saw it this afternoon. You really? <laughs> it was the first time you've ever seen it? The f- I don't know how I didn't see Tron. I never saw Tron. This is – what a great first episode. I know. I loved the – Arcade game. Yeah. I'd played it obsessively. Yeah. And I never saw the movie. Oh my God. This is great. And I don't know why. I was trying I'm to figure so it out excited. today. I was it's like, so yeah, I've seen mind. Tron, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, the movie with the, the light cycles. But right. then it started to have. dawn on me. I, I never, never, ever saw Tron. Oh my God. So Chuck. I watched it today. Holy shit. In full. Uh, and we should talk about it. <laughs> okay. What was your first like Tron experience? Do you remember seeing it in the theater? I don't remember my first okay. time seeing it. I really don't. I don't. I couldn't tell you if I saw. I would have to ask my dad. Probably v- VHS. Um, well, I could have seen it in the theater. I mean, it's a Disney movie. You've Number been one, pretty young though. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I would have. I mean, I was what six? It was nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Um, 
That's I think reasonable. I probably saw it in the theater, and okay. the reason is that I it like rocked my world, and yeah. so I can't imagine that I would have seen it on VHS for the first time. Okay. Um. Uh. I. I maintain to this day that it was so far ahead of its time. Oh yeah. So far ahead of its time, and it is pretty peculiar and amazing that it's a Disney movie. I think yeah. it's it's worth. Like it's of note for that reason uh-huh. in and of itself. Um, I don't play video games. I'm not a gamer well, I was at all. Ask you that. So it has nothing to do for me with like I didn't. I never played. So you didn't go to arcades the, or anything no, like that. No, no, no. Wow. I mean, I would play like handheld Pac-Man games like sure. at my friends' houses, and I played whatever like <laughs> PC learning games my dad got me. Like that Oregon were, Trail like, and stuff. I don't even think I had Oregon Trail. That that was more advanced. You had than Arizona what I had. Trail. <laughs> Didn't even have Arizona Trail, Chuck. I'm talking about the only thing I can think of right now was a game called Spell It. That was <laughs> a spelling game that involved a, fro- a frog whose little tongue would come out and like lick. It would lick and absorb the letters after you spelled something correctly. That was like your prize. How old were you? <laughs> I mean, I was little. Oh, I mean, yeah, this wasn't like 15 years old. I mean, it was like, you know, when you're, you're but it sounds you're like something a, a two year old would not a two year old, maybe like a this was when it was, you know, still cool. Like it was shocking that there was any kind of a game to be played. So uh-huh. probably around six years old or something. Spell it. Yeah. And like, yeah, listen, some of the words would get pretty tricky. I don't want you to think that it was like dog oh, sure. and cat. Right. You two, know, two syllable words. Frogs, uh, the hunk frogs are hungry. <laughs> they need long words. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm not, I just yeah, felt so I'm sure not a it was gamer. arcade games that got you in there. Though. Not at all. No. Um, no. Uh, I, I just loved the world of it. I yeah. loved, I, and to this, like, I would have dreams about it. I still oh, sometimes yeah, that, have dreams about that, it. Really? Yeah, that I'm inside uh-huh. the game grid. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think part of the reason that I didn't play the arcade games is that because I saw the movie first, the arcade games were just these flat two-dimensional things. And the yeah. whole point was like, but no, th- don't you understand? These games exist for regular people to play. <laughs> right. I'm a user, yeah. I sh- but I should be inside the game. Uh-huh. That's the only way I want to experience it is yeah. like viscerally with my cute uniform on. Uh-huh. And uh, and I loved the music. The music, again, yeah. totally ahead of its time and crazy and weird and great. Um, and uh, And – now, now we'll get into the kind of the sentimentality of it, which was that my dad also loved it. Okay. And we would play this game at night, like Here when we I go. was, yeah, when I was. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you love Tron. And then I walk out and just close the door behind me. <laughs> We had um, an alarm system in the house where, you know, you have the motion detector and the little red light blinks uh-huh. when there's motion. Yeah. And then we also had, like, you know, everything digital. So, like, our microwave was digital, our all our VCRs, clocks, all that kind of stuff was digital. And sure. that's all, was like, green. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's all green. So – and our house was uh, this little tiny three-bedroom house, but it – you could go in a complete circle around it, right? So you could come in the front door. You could go through the living room, turn left – Go down the hallway yeah. where all the bedrooms were. Go uh-huh. back into the back room, and then that reconnected with the kitchen. That reconnected with the front room. Right. So you can go in a full circle. And there was a koi pond in the center. <laughs> and there was there was zero atria, <laughs> nor koi ponds. Okay. Uh, and so my dad would we would play this game where we were inside the game grid. We would turn off all the lights in the house, uh-huh. and he would. When I was really, when I was little, like, I guess six or whatever, because that's, yeah. I would have, that's as little as I would have been able to be. He would kind of hold me Superman style. Uh-huh. Um, 
and we would like scoot around the house and we would be trying to avoid um Sark and like all the bad guys. And yeah. so if we, we were trying to creep past the motion detectors, uh-huh. I mean, listen, it was a great, it would be great training for me if I'd become an <laughs> expert cat burglar. Yeah. We would be, we would kind of get as far as we could before we would see a light and then we would see the red light. We'd be like, they see us, the recognizers. And then we'd like run into the next room yeah. and like, pan, like, you know, and so for, to this day, I'm not afraid of the like. I've never been afraid of the dark uh-huh. because I only equate the total darkness with playing Tron, right? Which was good, and yeah, and it was this like super great, cool game that my dad made up that was legitimately like kind of scary and exciting, and it made me feel like I was inside that game grid. That's adorable. And then at Disneyland, um, we would go to Disneyland every summer. My dad would, um, we had friends who lived in La Cañada, which is kind of like yeah. Pasadena area. And he would, because it's the, the Arizona summers, he would wake me up. He would, he would take a nap, like he would sort of sleep for a couple of hours. And then he would get up in the middle of the night and wake me up and put me in a sleeping bag in the covered cab of our Dotson truck, which was carpeted. Yeah. And uh and he would be like he would he would wake me up at, you know, say two or three in the morning and say like, Miss J, are you ready to go to Disneyland? Wow. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. And then and so then I would get into the car and fall asleep and then I would wake up and we would be almost there. Uh-huh. And then I would kind of clamber through the little window and then come sit with my dad and um and then we would get there and then at Disneyland, they had the people mover, which oh, yeah. one little tiny sliver of the people mover was that you would go inside this kind of room that they had just put. Troned out? Yeah. No they way. Just, it, all it was was movie screens. Yeah, yeah. But you would be on the people mover and then suddenly you would be on the game grid and uh-huh. they recognize we're coming almost squash you and then you would go inside the light cycle maze. Right. So again – and you just no wanted interest the people in the arcade games. I did. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I just want to live here full time. So um, those are all like very, they're very yeah. deep embedded childhood memories That's for awesome. me. And uh, but but it, there's nothing about the movie now. When I watch it, it it means every bit as much to me. There's no. There are plenty of movies that I loved that I can't. I can sort of go, does it hold up? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not able to see if it doesn't hold up. Like, you just right. watched it for the first time, so your experience was your experience, and I totally respect that. Right. But I can't, it's, I mean, I've brainwashed myself. I still watch it and think, yeah. God, this is ahead of its time. God, this is yeah. good. It's so good. Well, it was ahead of its time because it was, and I did a little research today, it is, um, it was one of the very first movies to use computer animation yeah. at all. Yeah. And this People's guy, minds were blown. Um, who's the director? <laughs> the director is I heard you earlier. Steven Lisberger. Oh, you nailed it. Earlier, you earlier did not I was say like, Peter Lindbergh. <laughs> I think you were just John trying to be funny. Lin- yeah, La- Stephen- John Flansberg from <laughs> They Might Be Giants. <laughs> Steven Lisberger. And he, uh, it was kind of a, not kind of, it was a passion project for him. Like he thought of this world. And was ahead of his time and couldn't get anyone to make it yeah. and, like, sunk his own money into, like, test shots and we took it around to the studios and was like, look at what I have. Look at this amazing thing. And I was like, nah, I don't know about that. And finally, Disney took a flyer and said, all right, we'll give you, like, 10 million bucks or whatever, which was huge because he wasn't in the Disney clan. Right. He was an outsider and he said he always felt that way, too, which is kind of sad. Mm. But um, it was way ahead of its time. Yeah. and. No one knew what they were seeing. Yeah. Like now for someone like me to watch it who's never seen it before, sure, it might look dated, but it also looks modern in a weird way. Yes. You know? Yes. Like the, the, especially the stuff with the, um, 
And I didn't know, but they really shot in black and white yeah. the characters yeah. and did this rotoscoping process. Yep. And that, because of how they had to That's do so it, painstaking. that ends up looking kind of cool now. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it's weird. And all the, the way the city lights up at the, I mean, it's all so wonderful. Yeah. I also collect these, um, these like, the, it, at some of the kind of like hipster, like Japanese toy shops. Uh, oh, those. When I was, uh, <laughs> well, there, you know, there are, they exist in like San Francisco and right. Los Angeles and, you know, these sure. some of the kind of, uh, certainly on the Western coast cities. Um, there was a place in, in San Francisco that sold, uh, the, they're called Kubrick. Of course, uh-huh. um, just I'm saying that because, right. of course, it's named after something also equally like yeah. niche and hip <laughs> uh, where they would do these limited edition lines of toys from beloved movies like that. Oh. And so they, I have these really cool. They almost look like um, like Mobile, like am I is it the M M O B I L or those were those little people? Oh, yeah. It's just a little kind of yeah, yeah, like Lego people. Uh huh. They sort of do look like Lego people, but you know they're in their little uniforms. And then there's a great, but but the the design is so great. And there's this great. Um, I wish I, if we were in LA, I could have brought it with me. But there's a recognizer that you can you can pop the legs off and uh-huh. then turn the legs inward in the center, so you can make it into like the. Question. Oh yeah. And there's a tank that's really beautiful, but they're just so well done and well made. How many do you um, own a lot of these? I have the whole set of the Kubrick stuff, and then I have, like, a scattering of the original toys that look more like, you know, Star right. Wars figures or whatever. Wow. Um, yeah. And I have – I mean, that's a go, that's a good go-to gift yeah. for someone to well, get. Well, my yeah, wheels are already turning. I was like, Tron hmm, stuff. I think I know yeah. what your birthday is. And they did this really cool – they had a – they showed it at the Arrow in Santa Monica years ago in Los Angeles, and, and Steven, the director, was there, and then one oh, of the wow. producers. And um, – and uh I think Bruce Boxleitner was there and for sure uh what's her name, the woman was there. Cindy and Morgan. Cindy Morgan was there. And so they all kind of talked and traded stories and right. talked about it. Oh, it was so cool. And they had a couple of, you know, costumes from there and wow. whatnot. And That's I hate cool. Tron Legacy. Like nothing that came after Tron do I have any respect for whatsoever. Well, I didn't see Tron Legacy and I didn't I think there was even a TV show. I don't I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I there didn't was know something anything. in between that between the right. two, the, the two main big Tron movies. But see, now that I've seen Tron, the idea I know what the idea of Tron Legacy was. It seems like a great idea that yeah. like this this uh, Jeff Bridges' son yeah. has now come back. No, that's <laughs> oh, so boring. Yeah, and it see, doesn't even. Lo- I can't. I can't. I don't. It didn't capture the spirit of the original at all. Not to me. Yeah. To me, it's just this sort of empty, soulless. Wow. It just doesn't feel like – and yeah. it, just, it just didn't do anything for me at all. Nothing. I see why they did it though, you know. Like yeah. Tron was so ahead of its time and like now they have the technology. Yeah. And to make a new – and I like Garrett Hedlund. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I mean I never saw it because I didn't see well, the original. Part of it, but, but also – and I saw it only once. I saw it El, El Capitan. I mean I went. I went hoping it would be great. You yeah. know, El Capitan, for oh, those yeah. of you who don't know, is – on Hollywood Boulevard, and it's Disney's big theater, and they have it's sometimes live amazing. entertainment beforehand. It's really – it's a beautiful place, um, and that was the right thing to do to see it there. Uh-huh. I, I can barely remember what it was about. Did they I have a light barely, cycle out front? I wish. I bet. No. 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 <laughs> I don't think they had – they might have had some costumes from the from – the then who cares because it's from the new stuff. It's so weird that um, I love that game not, so it's much. it's not wise-ass enough, right? Oh. Jeff Bridges' character, yeah. he returns – in different variations of himself. Well, and they made him CG creepy stuff. young. And, yeah. yeah, I saw and, that. And uh, he's humorless from what I can remember. Yeah. And Olivia Wilde, Olivia Wilde she's uh-huh. lovely, but like she's humor. Everybody was just humorless. Right. And 
that was the, I mean, the whole point, so much of Tron is, is Jeff Bridges being a complete wise yeah, ass. He's a total smart and ass. Infuriating Sark, which I mean, obviously that's, yeah. um, played by, uh, uh, don't tell me, um, David. Yes. I always forget his name, even though I love him. And he's one of the great bad two, guys. Yeah. Ever. A man with two brains is very close to the top of yeah. my favorite movie. But that, if you ever podcast Sam Levine, that is his favorite. So I oh, kind of really? struck that from the list because I knew Sam would want to talk about man with two brains. Oh. I could talk about that all day long. <laughs> um, uh, that came out the same year, you know. Yeah. David, David. Oh, no, no, no. It did not. Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid came out that year. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I can't remember his last name. I'm David so Warner. Mad. David Warner, of course. One of the, one of the, and you know what's so freaky is, I don't know if you do this, but you go back and watch some of your favorite movies and then you think, wow, I'm older than them when they made oh, this. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Bridges sure. and Boxleitner were both around 31-ish yeah. when they made it. Those, David those Warner. young punks. It was five years younger than me. He was, was 40, he really? 41 years he old. He seems yeah, ancient he, in that. Yeah, of course he did. In our brain. Because we were kids. Right. And now, and I even oh watched God, it today. I was like, ah, look at that old creepy guy. Yeah. He's five years younger than me. Oh my God. Well, he, he also has one of those faces where you're like, oh, you're 60, 20 right. year old. And he wasn't you'll in, get, you'll get there. Cargo shorts and a 40 watch And he wasn't either. in, yeah, so absolutely was, <laughs> not. Absolutely he, not. And then the kid, and then the guy who plays Ram, and then when Ram dies. Yeah. Oh, it just still makes me cry. Yeah. You're, and the whole weird the, the the whole idea of technology and and like the gods and that sort of sure. playing with that kind of like theology the idea that there would be information living inside a computer that would yeah. be you know that would be that intelligent kind of enough to question where itself came yeah. from and putting all this faith in the people who created it and uh-huh. I mean it's just fascinating. Well that was sort of the great fear I think at, at first when you know computers became a thing but now it's sort of a legitimate fear yeah. of, you know, robots becoming sentient. Master and, control program, man. Yeah. Like that's kind of a thing now. It was ahead of its time. Yeah. But um, what's kind of struck me, a couple of funny things um, on that note, when uh, is it who is the main? Was it Sark? Sark, yeah. Was uh, talking to the, the David Warner character and kind of explaining oh, how well, things. Oh, MCP, that master control program is yeah. the main and then Sark is like his lackey kind of. And oh, that's okay. David Warner. Yeah, MCP was. So MCP is just, you just hear that. It does get a little confusing because yeah. they all play different. MCP, you just hear, you hear that deep, scary voice. But then you see like, it as a, like a computer grid mm-hmm. face in yeah. the end. Oh, I also have the toy of that. It's so cool. <laughs> but um, a couple of funny things. One is he said that um, he was getting involved with the Kremlin. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. who else? The Kremlin and the Pentagon. Because mm-hmm. he said that he, he likes could to f- <laughs> design things. Uh, 900 to 1200 times better than any human. Yeah. I just love that number range. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, between 900 and 1200 times better. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing was the, the beginning and the end of the movie is so weird and abrupt. How the movie mm-hmm. starts, it just, you know, it says Flynn's Arcade, which is in Culver mm-hmm. City, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been by that building, the whole building. I haven't. Um, that's where they shot the exterior. And, um, it starts with just, a dude playing the Tron game, and then it goes in on the Tron game, and then you're in the Tron game, yeah. and then it just starts. Yeah. And then then it says, it's, it literally says like, and meanwhile in the real world, yeah. And then this Jeff Bridges, and you're like, yeah. well, who's this guy? And yeah. then when the movie just en- it just ends, like they're in the computer world, they have the big climax fight, and then uh, he gets out of a helicopter at the end and joins Box Lightner and Cindy Morgan. Yeah. They're like. They hug, and that's the end of the movie. Listen, first of all, 
I'm not picking they, it apart. There's a lot of there's a, the big climax is definitely inside the game, and sure, and he, that's what the movie was see about. Him come back out. And then when he comes back out, we see that he's successfully gotten all the information that's printing out very slowly on the loud printer. Oh, that's yeah. like The dot matrix. And that's all I need to know. Well, then David Warner sees that. No, it didn't like – Yeah, then it's like he's toast. And then it's like, hey, we better – the boss is coming. And you're right. It's Jeff Bridges in the helicopter. It didn't strike me as bad filmmaking. It struck me as such a thing of its time period. Like to where movies would end with just everyone like high-fiving – and that's it. Now we have now we've been tainted the in the other direction by too many false endings. Oh my god! Where you're like, wait a minute, this Absolutely. movie every every scene now for the last twenty minutes yeah. has felt like the last scene. Tarantino. Let's keep it clean. Let's get in, get out. Yeah. And then as the lights go down in the city, not to quote a Journey song, <laughs> then and the, and the you see the how much it looks like the game grid. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. 
What else do they have in here? The whole building, David Warner, Jeff Bridges, Bruce Wayne, the anyone? Cindy, well, Cindy Morgan, you know, I know her from Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. She's a fox. Uh, She's as, a real fox. As Lacey Underhalls, <laughs> which is <laughs> – wow. Couldn't get away with that today. Uh, oh, and then the other thing I thought was neat was uh, Incom mm-hmm. as the name of the company. It was like kind of one of the great uh, – evil villain companies yeah. of all time, I think. Yeah. It sounds like it could be anything. Yeah. And that's what's so great and terrifying about it. Yeah. I mean, that's and kind that of the key. Door and just all the stuff they're working on. The whole idea that you could, you know, break, use lasers to break down the atom to uh-huh. the point where you could just yeah. shoot it through space. I mean, that's a little bit Wonka vision, too. That's another movie I could have probably said. Oh, everything, sure. everything goes back to being a young, a young person. Like, I don't. I think I'm so con- I'm so connected to that unbridled passion yes. that feels kind of unmatchable as an adult. Yeah, I mm-hmm. can't. So those I think those are all the movies that I really go back to because when I think about movies, I mean, you know, when after I saw it in Bruges, I was like, "This is my favorite movie." Oh, God, and then I saw another movie. movie that I felt was my favorite movie yeah. a year later. I was in like, Bruges "No, is this so is my great. favorite movie." But you know, in Bruges is, is in there. The Ice Storm, I still think, is like oh, one my of the best God. movies ever made. Um, one of my favorite so there's, movies. There's artistically, you know, intact and yeah. you know, b- brilliant movies that would also be right. kind of in my list. But I like to say. Like I have a top uh, – it's like I have 25 top five movies. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. You have like – you get 25, but they're all part of your top five. But I did think of a segment today that I'm going to do for everyone, which okay. is – Oh, you asked me to remember some – think about maybe something more like guilty pleasures. We'll do that later. Okay. And by later, I mean in five Hour minutes. three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this is a segment – maybe we'll get Noel to do some cool music for this uh, – called What Ebert Said. This movie is a complete disappointment. Okay. All right. (laughs) So I thought he's – I mean, there are plenty of legendary film critics, but he's always been my favorite. Absolutely. He gave – well, what do you think, first of all? Do you have any idea? Listen, I want to believe that he was on board and that he understood how special and important it was Mm -hmm. and that he thought to himself, Janet Varney will one day (laughs) name this as her favorite movie. But I don't feel like it got particularly good reviews and I don't think it did particularly well. So I – and he was pretty influential at the time. So I'm prepared for him to have given it a thumbs down. Ebert loved it. (laughs) Okay. He gave it four stars and a thumbs up and he says uh, it was a uh, technological sound and light show that is – sensational and brainy, stylish and fun. Oh, good. And then he went on to rave about the special effects. He said that uh, the uh, wholly imaginary worlds of Tron are so cleverly composed that I never, ever got the sensation that I was watching some actor stand in front of or in the middle of special effects. Never. And I think you see that so much more today. Oh, yeah. You can really feel the sort of flatness yeah, of the, the people poor, are like, these poor people. You can do anything. Are, I mean, yeah. and it's hard it's like to you act really with can't. a green screen. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I felt like I I can't. Again, I, I feel like they were all there. They were all there living in that world. They're starting to get it right, though. Like, did you see The Jungle Book? Yes. Yeah. Like, that was, that was good. That seamless was really well done. and amazing. Yeah, it really was. But for a while there, people kind of went nuts. Well, even still, even with, like, Fantastic Beasts, for example, I just – Did not see I that. feel so strongly that I can see, like, uh-huh. Eddie Redmayne sort of looking at his finger where something is supposed to be. And I just uh, am so right. aware it's not there. I'm <laughs> yeah. so painfully aware yeah. it's not there. Uh-huh. I don't know about that finger scene, but – well, you know, I know what, what you're saying. talking about. Like when there's a lot of mystical, fun toy things yeah, running yeah. around. Well, the eyelines never the quite eyelines match never up. Quite match. It's, it's always tough. even with all the technology, they're off yeah. just enough yeah. 
to where it looks like the Three's Company episode where Jack's twin visits, you know, which I don't think it ever happened. Uh-huh. Although it should have. Um, and the the last thing here is uh, I, I looked up the movies of 1982 mainly because I was like, why didn't I see this? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. What was I going to see? Oh, so I can know now what was what else was 1982? Well, yeah. And it's is a powerhouse of stuff. Well, movies back then were amazing. Yeah. And this is just like when you look at the list of movies that are out in 2017. Yeah. And then this list, it's yeah. it makes you want to cry. Yeah. Because 1982, oh, to hear this list. Blade Runner. Shit, yeah. E.T., The Thing. Oh, man. Fast Times great. at Ridgemont High. Poltergeist. Wrath of Khan. Oh, my God. Tootsie. Tootsie. Also hours. in my top five. Tootsie, yeah. hands down. Probably Blade Runner 2. Tootsie was just a... a a March release in 1982. Oh. It wasn't like uh, Oscar season's right, coming up. Like right. that's where it would be slotted These today. Movies, Chuck, this is blowing my mind. Uh, did I say Fast Times at Richmond High? You did, yeah. 48 Hours. Huge. Officer and a Gentleman. Huge. Annie. Oh my God. Uh, First Blood, very big for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Rambo you're into got it. it. Uh, the Dark Crystal, Gandhi. Oh, the Dark Crystal. Rocky Three. Never saw Gandhi. Rocky Three was very big for me. But I did see Rocky Three. <laughs> That's where my priorities lie. I mean, there are a couple of movies that I wouldn't say like, oh, my God, this is so great. But they were big for me. Like yeah. Beast, Beastmaster was 1982. Never seen Beastmaster. It was great. Uh, but then Sophie's Choice, World According to Garp, uh, My Favorite Year, The Secret of Nim, Diner. My favorite Year. Like, this oh, is just a smattering. Year. This That's isn't crazy. all the movies. This That's is just a crazy an average list. year in Hollywood. In the early 80s. I mean, I could comfortably pick some of my all-time favorite movies just out of that. You could stop Blade Runner, E.T., The Thing, and Poltergeist. And you could Poltergeist say... Poltergeist and to- throw Tootsie, Tootsie on there for No me. other movies were made that year, and it would oh be like God. one of the great years. The Thing I just saw on the big screen at the Arclight, and it Ugh. beyond holds up. Yeah. That's a great Amazing. one. Amazing. And super gruesome. Yeah. Really gross. John like, Carpenter is gore. the man. Yeah. And, he, well, he did all his... Still does all his own music. That's great. Yeah. Um, any finishing thoughts on Tron? I love it. Thumbs up. Tron, I love you. <laughs> Tron, I know that you're a movie, even though you were also a character in the movie named Tron. But I just wanted – I mean I was right. – I for the longest time I was like, if I have kids, I'm naming my kid Flynn no matter whether it's a boy or a girl. I thought you were going to say Tron. <laughs> no. No. I wouldn't name that. No, because or Flynn MCP? is the one I really love. Was it MCP? The MCP. Yeah. That'd be a funny name. Michael Chadwick Peterson. <laughs> just so good. I could call him MCP. Uh, <laughs> that would be a pretty slick move. Um, but Tron was a character, but also the name of the security system. That's right. That Boxleitner was Not if my Tron program get Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Noel just got up and I walked him. I walked <laughs> Noel. He's done. That's He's what so I done. thought was confusing to me about, a little bit about the movie. So all the different characters playing but that's, users yeah, but that's or, the thing. It's like, you're like, but that's what it's Bruce, about, dumbass. Bruce invented the program Tron, so that's what Tron looked like. Tron looked like his user. And then <laughs> Flynn designed a ton of stuff. Yes. So that's why, like, when you go inside the beginning of the movie uh-huh. in the tank, that's Flynn, too, because he designed that program. <laughs> in the tank. What about the scene with uh, when they when Cindy Morgan and – when Lacey Underalls and Bruce <laughs> – <laughs> And, and the scarecrow uh-huh, first go, uh-huh. um, he was the scarecrow, right? Sure. You um, bet he was. He certainly wasn't Mrs. King. <laughs> well, that's, I never saw that show, but <laughs> I just did the math real quick. I've never like, either. Right, right. Um, they walk in the first time they go to see Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. or Flynn, excuse me. Yeah. And, um, he's so overly sweaty yeah. from playing the video game oh, yeah. that at first I was like, is he really that sweaty? Cause uh-huh. the armpit sweats like out to his chest. Uh-huh. Then his chest, 
uh, was sweaty uh-huh. through the shirt. I was like, why are they doing that? Yeah. And he goes up and takes off his shirt. And I was Hell, like, I yeah. think that's exactly why they did it. Yeah. He takes off one shirt and puts on a different shirt and they're both Flynn's video game. Like it's the, but he takes it. it off in front of her because they used to date mm-hmm. and they, he it's had that like sly little... line about leaving the house messy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then she practically shoves Bruce Boxleitner on the couch. Yeah. Because of the quip about her leaving her house messy. Uh huh. He... Relationships. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm all trying that now. Would I say that Tron is a go to to understand relationships between uh, the two people who care about each other? No. Probably not. But maybe between man and computer. Between man and computer? Between a bit and a program? Remember that little bit? Yes. No. Janet Varney, thanks for coming into the. <laughs> what about my guilty pleasures? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck! You're right. You've been doing this podcast for one hour <laughs> in life. Look at. And you don't remember the. In, your in all signature... caps, bold, I have clothes with guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's your guilty this pleasure? Pilot program. Well, I did think about it because I didn't want it to be a thing. John? Listen, first of all, how dare you? And I said that in our text, too. I said, don't you even pretend like my favorite movie can also be a guilty pleasure. I will never call it a guilty pleasure. But I was trying to think because I thought, oh, I don't want to have some pretentious schlock, like you said, where someone's like, my guilty pleasure is The Godfather. Yeah, like, yeah, shut yeah. up. Um, but it's kind of hard because I don't have a lot of the like, oh, I know this. Like, same with reality television, stuff like that. I can't. I don't find that I have a lot of like, right. this is delicious and I know I shouldn't, <laughs> right. but here I watch, you know. I feel I get really impatient with stuff that, that isn't good. So I was trying to think of things that um, that I would watch anyway. And I think I actually wrote a couple of them down. I know for sure that recently on planes, I can't stop watching movies about horses, <laughs> which was never something I cared about. Okay. But all of a sudden, Seabiscuit seems like the best movie I've ever seen. National I watched Secretariat. Velvet. Secretariat. They didn't have – well, this is Delta and they have some old movies that you can watch. Right. I hadn't gotten to The Horse Whisperer, which I've never seen. Mm, I didn't I see that either. I probably won't watch War Horse. But uh, I didn't see that suddenly, suddenly I need like uh, feel-good horse movies when I'm on a plane because okay. I'm t- too tired to enjoy <laughs> anything else. So feel-good horse movies – Apparently, that's a new thing. Um, and then I also admitted to Black Beauty. Did you see that when you were a kid? Uh, or the, I didn't no, give the a Black sh- Stallion. I didn't give a crap. I didn't give a crap about horse movies. I did see the Black Stallion. I barely remember it. <laughs> the Last you- Unicorn. That was a tough one. Um, I will always, but I did, especially because I know you like Jaws so much. I feel the same way about Jaws, and I will see that's a, a guilty pleasure. A sh- no, but a shark movie, not Sharknado, not like okay. intentionally campy shark movies. But I will give almost any shark-based movie a chance, and I love the movie Deep Blue Sea. I, I knew love you were it. Say that. I love it. I think I saw. Oh, that I've in watched the it. I've seen it so many times. If it's on, I will watch it till the end. I love it. I liked how unabashedly schlocky it was. Yeah, it it knew what it was, and so it camped out in a good way. Yeah. But it was genuinely still very scary to me, even though yeah. the sharks got smarter because they were injecting them with some sort of growth hormone so yeah. that they could cure Alzheimer's. Right. <laughs> As a side effect, the sharks got smarter. The sharks got smarter, Chuck. That was the big pull line from the trailer. I love it. I remember that. (laughs) And I was so starstruck when uh, my friend Oscar, uh, we were going to dinner with Oscar and Ursula, who are are dear friends of ours. And he said, I hope you don't mind. Our friends are going to be joining us. Was it the shark? It was the shark. <laughs> oh, my God. It was the shark. Uh, no, it was Saffron Burroughs. And I, I said, I in a million years, mm-hmm. I never thought I would meet Saffron Burroughs. This right. is the, uh, not a person that I think I travel the same circles with. So right. I was very excited that I got to meet 
Yeah. Saffron Burrows for of that reason. Deep Blue Sea. And it was yeah. it everything you thought. She's wonderful. Yeah. She's just great. That was her line, wasn't it? The sharks got smarter. Yeah. <laughs> she made those sharks smarter. She made those. She put us all at risk. Wow. And she got Sam Jackson munched. I mean, that's a great moment. That when was that a great moment. Snatches him. I feel that that moment. I can't think of having seen that anywhere before that movie, and uh-huh. I feel like I've seen it a million times since. Yeah, and then like Snakes on a Plane was a direct descendant mm-hmm. of of Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, because I think Deep Blue Sea. I don't. I don't think they were. Was that Rennie Harlan? Why do I oh, want to say that it was it Rennie is. Harlan? Is it? Was it? Gosh, I don't know if it was. It might be. I might be making that up. It was not Steven Lisberger because he didn't direct anything else. Yeah, he was like a Silicon Valley nerd who just went right back to doing he did a couple he of things. Doing. His claim to fame was Animaniacs before. Oh, that's how he sure. got a little juice in the industry. Sure, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Animaniacs yeah, cred and dough. Big swinging Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Animaniacs. So anyway, those are a couple of my pleasure, uh, guilty pleasures, and I also. Um, this is probably too far on the side. This popped in my mind. It was the first thing that popped in my mind. Okay. And I and that doesn't mean that it's accurate, but for some reason the first thing I thought of was Intolerable Cruelty with Love that movie. With Catherine Zeta-Jones and and uh George Clooney and I think the reason I classify it as a guilty pleasure is because I somehow know I'm supposed to not like it because it's not full Cohen brothers. Yes. And so I'm I've been told it's terrible. Do you know what I mean? Like it is society not, has told great. me it's terrible. Unlike, oh, brother, we're out there or whatever. And so, uh, but that's, so that was what the first thing that popped in my mind. I love that movie. Yeah, I don't like it's when so people, I, I think the there's two Coen Brothers tiers. Mm-hmm. And I love that second tier when they're clearly just having a good time making a comedy. Yeah. I love those movies. Yeah. Like Intolerable yeah, Cruelty. And um, the one I really love is, uh, oh, man, with, with Brad Pitt and Clooney. Oh, and Burn Fra- After Reading? Burn After yeah. Reading. I think love that movie. I think I hated that when I saw it, and now I like it. And I didn't love Hail Caesar, and I'm wondering if in a couple of years maybe I'll love that too. I liked Hail Caesar because maybe it. I was fine with it. Yeah. Would that were that simple is like made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I love that really scene. Really great scene. So good. But Barton yeah. Fink is another one where I'm like, is uh, that one of the all time greatest movies? Probably. Yeah. Probably has one of the all time greatest endings of any movie. Yeah. Talk about an ending. Yeah. I and, didn't whistle uh, for that. I saw that. That that's kind of one of my friends and mine's from college favorite movies. So we watched it, saw it in the theater, then watched it obsessively. Yeah, in college, it's very special. And he went on to be friends with Tony Shalhoub, oh, who uh, like in real life, yeah. IRL, and that's he was great. so good in that. Yeah, so good. Yeah, in that He's little part, in everything. Uh, How do you feel? Do you feel this went well? I think. Went, Let's have a post mortem on ca- on camera. On I think mic. it went great. I might do yeah. a little solo post mortem, not tonight. Mm-hmm. Because I have to go to bed. Fair. Because it's what, like seven thirty. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think it went great. The, the pilot episode. Do you like how I jammed in like eight of my other favorite movies in? So I think that's kind of whoever what... takes them. I still was the first one to say. Yeah, that's gross. kind of the point, though. Screw how you, gross. Sam Levine. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Man with Two Brains is really great. I could quote the hell out of that movie. You know, God, I'm a real dork. What for that movie? Or yeah, just, just all my period? favorite movies. Everything I'm naming is just so dorky. But well, you you oh, went after Tron so hard. Good. So, and oh, now that I know the whole story behind it, yeah, like it's really it's it's a it's a real thing. Yeah, it's I get thing. it. Yeah, you you weren't seeking uh, nerd cred or anything like that. No, in fact, I'm you hate not. nerds. <laughs> Wait, now hold now. <laughs> let me ask you to back off that for a second. Untrue. Um, no, this was great. 
All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Janet Varney, for show number one. Thanks, Chuck. Here I go. <laughs> I guess I ran. I guess I ran away. Only after the door was closed. Man, that was just. Uh, I'm just so excited about the show. That could not have gone any better. I knew Janet was a great choice as guest number one. Uh, because she's, um, well, she's a professional podcaster herself and does interviews herself. So she knows how to, how to keep the conversation going like a real pro. So, um, that was just a lot of fun. Janet, uh, her feelings on Tron were, um, I was kind of wondering what to expect on why that was her favorite pick. And it was very heartwarming to know, uh, to me that that was a movie that she and her dad, uh, bonded over. And it was a very special film from her childhood. Because of the cute little Tron game that she used to play with her dad. So uh, as we go on with Movie Crush, I think it'll be super interesting to see uh, sort of the why behind why people pick these favorite movies. And I suspect that moving forward, we're going to get quite a few that uh, have a lot of sentimental value. And that is certainly the case with uh, Janet here in Tron. And Stan Against Evil, guys. I am so excited. I love season one. Janet is so funny in it. Everyone's just great. And season two actually premiered yesterday uh, in real time. So uh, November 1st premiered on IFC. Check it out. Stand Against Evil season two. It's wonderful. And check out JV Club, the JV Club podcast, uh, where Janet interviews um, people about their embarrassing high school years. It's a really, really good show. So thanks to Janet for her time. And until next week, well, would it kill you to spare a little popcorn maybe? Movie Crush is produced, edited, engineered, and scored by Noel Brown from our podcast studio at Pond City Market, Atlanta, Georgia. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.